hello everyone um, and welcome to London is Dating, the most recent of the Londonist events at Conway Hall. Um, tonight we're going to be talking about city dating and urban lust. I'm Charlie Lester and joining me are Emma Ziff, Zoe Margolis, Andy Jones and Dr. Jamie Lawson. Um, and probably to start things off, what we'll do is we'll each tell you a little bit about what we do because we all work in quite different areas of the industry. Emma, if you want to kick off? Yes, of course. I'm Emma Ziff. I'm a director of Pink Lobster Dating and Matchmaking, which is for women who want to meet women. And I'm also a sex and relationship therapist. I'm Zoe Margolis. I'm also known as um, the author of Girl With A One-Track Mind, sex memoirs, which were about my own sex life, which I don't write about anymore, but I have written much about. Um, I'm Charlie Lester. I write the 30 Dates blog um, and run the UK Dating Awards, and I work um, with various dating apps and websites as a consultant. Hi, I'm Andy Jones. I used to write the dating column for the London paper, which, is, uh, which was Man About Town. I've also had uh, an award-nominated dating column in Australia uh, for Grazia there, and I've written around 400 articles on sex, dating and relationships and do all kinds of phone-ins and consultancies for dating apps. Hi, my name's Jamie. I'm your token academic for the evening. Um, <laughs> I am an anthropologist and academic sexologist. Uh, the anthropologist part of that means I take things that you thought you understood and make them a bit complex, um, which is a thing we call problematizing in the field. Good word. <laughs> um, the thing I choose to focus on to make complicated is sex. Um, I think about sex a lot. I write about sex a bit. Sex, 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 sex. That's me. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so tonight, the main focus, obviously, is dating in London. So I think we'll start things off by talking about the ways that dating in London is different to dating in other parts of the country and other cities. Anyone want to take that up to start? There's more people. <laughs> and it's got a more diverse population, so perhaps people that might not feel comfortable being... Uh, gay, for example, in London we've got a much larger gay scene than other, other parts of the UK, and so there's going to be a better gay scene to hang out in. Throw it over to Anna. Yeah, uh, so uh, we have a, a company which is global, but very much UK-centric, and um, we notice a huge difference between London and the rest of the, rest of the country in that people will uh, be a bit lazy when going to events in London. It's like, oh, do I really have to go? Like, 20 minutes on the tube. They want everything <laughs> around the corner. But yet when we do events up north or we put kind of matchmaking someone, you know, they'll go from Manchester to, you know, Birmingham or they'll, they'll really travel far because they want to really meet someone. In Scotland, again, is, um, we notice that Scotland can be a little bit like, like London as well, where Scotland is like, really, we have to go from Edinburgh to Glasgow. So that's also a bit of a... A track for them as well, yeah. So I think one of the things I've always noticed that is that, um, you know, now we've got dating apps and people say, well, you know, the way that people use dating apps, there's just so many people that you, you think, you start thinking about people in numbers and you don't start caring about the individual people. I think that's, there's always been an air of that in London because we've always been faced with so much choice. I think every time you get on the tube, you realise just how many people and options there are in this city and that maybe the option you've chosen isn't necessarily the best <coughs> that you could be getting. Yeah, absolutely. You're always, you're always ready to take another spin of the wheel with dating in London. It's very, very hard to settle down, as we know. But also, you've got to be an awful lot more forward. I think in other cities, um, because of the volume of people you meet in London, in other cities, you can meet someone on Thursday night and then wait till Tuesday or Wednesday the next week to text them, to phone them, to ask them out on a date. I think in London, if you don't get in touch with them by mm. Saturday afternoon or something, they've already gone out again. 
They go out on Thursday night, they meet you on Thursday night, they go out on Friday night, Saturday night, they go to their, I don't know, whatever else is they do, and then you've still got to compete with the twin evils of social media, so they've then discovered their ex-boyfriend's now single, the hot girl in their office is now single, and so you're very easily forgotten. So the cute guy on Thursday night is Mr. Nobody by Monday or Tuesday, and you have to kind of have a kind of a very quick impact and update. There's no, no room to kind of play hard to get in London. Well, that, that's for, for lesbians, that's just, that's just them in general anyway. You know, they meet them on a Thursday, they moved in together on a Friday. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> so, yes. Yeah, I don't know, I, I don't feel best qualified to, to speak to this, really. I've just moved back to London after some years away, and as of last weekend, I'm single for the first time in eight years. So I'm here to get some tips as much as anything else. <laughs> um, but I was talking to a friend of mine about dating in London the other day. I told them I was doing this and getting their take on it. And they said that they felt that dating in London felt more desperate, mm. was the word they used. And I was thinking something like desperate. what you were saying. Yeah. Like the <laughs> weight of um, arms around like that. Yeah. We're not desperate. <laughs> the weight of people, I think. People think that there's so many people here, there has to be someone for me to... Mm whatever you want to do to the person. It, it, it's, yeah, it, it feels a lot more pressured. It makes you feel like you've got to chase perfect a lot more, doesn't it? Because you feel like there should be, amongst all this mass of people, this whole ant's nest of people, there should be somewhere, someone perfect for us. Whether you believe in the one or just kind of settling for someone who'll do, you, you feel like you can constantly chase the next level. And I think that makes you, a lot of people, very unhappy. That's the same with work, same with travel, same with waiting for things like children, etc., etc. It always makes you feel like you can have another spin at the die. Just as just to see if you guys, what you guys think. Put your hand up if you're happy being single in London. If you're, if you're single. Put your hand up if you're happy being single in London. I'm... <laughs> I think if you have to ask that, well, don't put your hand up. Because <laughs> it's quite interesting, I think, that... Um, I, so I've been studying dating for, for a number of years now, and I think we're moving more to the way that we think people in the state state. You know, this idea that you can go on three or four dates in a week and with different people, and that's fine. And I think it's kind of that Sex in the City, New York vibe. But what's really interesting is last year I did a survey with Time Out when I was working there, and we did a survey of people in different cities around the world, and London are amongst the happiest with their... You know, single Londoners are far more happy than singles in other cities. New York was the most miserable city, and that's that city that sold to us of, oh, my God, it's so amazing to date there. Do you think it's because they drink more in London? <laughs> <laughs> Americans don't drink as much. So. <laughs> and the timeout crowd are drinkers. Yeah. <laughs> it's also because they've got less time to be single as well, isn't it? I mean, most people like leave the house at, what, 7, 8, and then get home at... Uh, seven, eight, nine o'clock at night, and then by the time you've realised that you're on the sofa alone again with a ready meal for one, again, it's time to go to bed and you deal with it tomorrow. I think if you ever start feeling low about, about your single life in London, chat to, chat to New Yorkers, because they have some really weird rules. Like, if you, if you have been dating someone for around six months, if you leave a, a, a toothbrush in their bathroom, yes. that's like dumping grounds. Like, you yeah. wouldn't call them your boyfriend or girlfriend, even if you've been exclusive for that long. Um, so, yeah. Toothbrushes everywhere. And <laughs> 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 so it's on the flip side. If you want to get dumped quickly and you can't be bothered dumping them, just leave a toothbrush. Oh. <laughs> That's your way out. <laughs> so you actually leave a toothbrush to get dumped? I thought it'd work kind of. I don't, think, I don't think it's done on purpose, but <laughs> yeah. I think that's what happens. I, I've, I've overheard many conversations where people think they're moving too fast, <clears> and if you looked at it through British eyes, I think you'd be like, but you're, you're going out. You've been, you've been together a year. That's a boyfriend or a girlfriend. That's quite, you know, that's a relationship. I think there's quite, it's quite interesting how differently they view that. Again, I think because they've got this kind of heightened state that there's a better option out there for me. I don't want to completely commit to this person, even if they really have. 
No, quite. I, I think the, the London equivalent is, has my, my, the guy I'm dating or girl I'm dating turn their Tinder off? And I think once <laughs> they've turned off all their dating apps, then they're really into you. There's that whole thing of, you know, I, I get so many emails and I get invited to talk on radio shows and articles, etc., where couples start going out and it's now we're exclusive, but they're still casually looking on Tinder. And that's not cheating because you're not actually physically looking, you're not actually physically meeting anyone or copping off with anyone, but you're just casually looking. And how, how kind of fierce and intense that is that, that kind of, oh, if my date doesn't go well with them tonight, they're going to look at someone else on Tinder. But it's maybe they're a... just doing it to boost their ego. Because, <clears throat> I mean, you, could, you can literally sit on the bog and just swipe left and swipe right, right? You're not <laughs> exactly, you don't need to be looking for a date on Tinder. You can just be thinking, oh, he's cute. Yeah, that's nice, that's nice. And it's just there to boost your ego. When someone matches with you, it's like, well, I'm never going to chase it. It's just <laughs> nice. But it's, it's so addictive for your ego. As, it as is, a guy, I'm not as a guy who had two thing. different dating columns, it's like you, you get these in no other walk, in no other part of your life do you ever get told that you're hot really very often. And then suddenly you've got this whole digital thing in your pocket. And every time you go for a go to the toilet or you're sat in a boring meeting, you've got people saying that you're hot or that they like you, etc. And it's impossible to turn up. It isn't uncommon though for women, lesbians or bisexual women, to be on dating apps or websites and actually just be looking for a friend, even though they're in a relationship. But it's almost seen as that's okay. It's interesting. Well, yeah. and yeah. the dating app Her, which used to be Datch, actually mm. rebranded. So it yeah. used to be known as a dating app, and they realised mm. that so many, so many mm. lesbians were making friends on their yeah. app. They said, well, yeah. let's turn this into a social media site instead. Yeah. So they've completely rebranded. Yeah, we have the same on our side. So I think Lobster is exactly the same, is that women do actually go on there still to make friends. And So, so you, you, wouldn't be you wouldn't be unsettled by that if, if your partner was sat there on this app next to you and looking for a friend. You wouldn't feel like emotionally kind of redundant well, the or thing is like the, in my, jeopardy of losing your For partner. me, I'm different. I have a partner. We're both directors of a dating company and we walk around town going, well, she's hot. She'd be good for someone. And we get to check people out all the time. So for us, it's part of our job. <laughs> Maybe it's thinly disguised. Yeah, there's, uh, <laughs> there's always a really nice moment in gay male relationships when you start to check grinder together. It's yeah. like a nice bonding moment. Like, yes. <laughs> but also, something should be said for people who are in non-monogamous relationships. I'm not talking about cheating. I'm talking about open relationships yeah. where people date other people. They're not just monogamous with one person. And in those cases, as long as it's agreed with all parties, everybody is open about being on OkCupid, okay being on Tinder, or whatever it is, and having... Um, uh, profiles that are open and that they swipe, they might show their partners, do you think they're, oh yeah, shall I go out with them? Yeah, all right. Or even just, shall I connect with them as a friend since we're in similar types of situations? So I think that we should put that on the table. Maybe not everybody is in uh, completely monogamous yeah, relationships here. Well, I think quite an interesting byproduct of what you're saying about this kind of ego boost is, that, and I don't know if people in the audience find this, so I'm, I'm single at the moment, I'm on quite a few dating apps, and the amount of people that you match with but then you look at the percentage that you actually get to talk to, and it's so small. Out of all these people who have apparently said they fancy you, are they on there for an ego boost? Are they on there because they're in a competition with their girlfriend to see who can get the most matches? You know, it's, it's people use dating. I suppose part of the fact, part of dating apps being free, means that anyone can go on there so simply. You just sign up through your Facebook, and you don't really know anyone's intentions until you're you know, actually conversing with the more you meet up. Oh, it's still got all of the hazards that, of, that my dad might have had when he was going on the pool in his younger days. You know, you've still got the awkwardness, you've still got all of the problems of actually meeting people. He's just removed the tiniest veneer of the first part of whether or not you fancy people. And I suppose with dating apps, and we'll talk about dating apps, I think, later on tonight, but the problem with dating apps is they have to create so many kind of bots and things in order to have enough of a field of people for you to look at. 
that it's quite difficult to know how many of these people are actually actively engaged in that actual dating app and how many people have actually really got a chance of going on a date with. I mean, there's the whole Ashley Madison thing, wasn't there, where the whole Ashley Madison, you know, affairs website, and they, they did some research into it, and there was hardly anyone on there who was actually a human being. And it was all kind of just, you know, there's all these guys risking everything to kind of have, a, have an affair or women risking everything to have an affair. And they ended up in the divorce courts and whatever and having no access to their children because they're having a, having a conversation to an automated bot somewhere in Louisiana or somewhere. So it's quite a peculiar business. Well, I think one of the things that the apps do actually do is show you just how small London is in some ways. So you think it's this vast place. I, you know, I, um, I'm, I've just come out of a relationship. When I was dating on Tinder two years ago, there were people who, you know, you'd recognise the faces and the people who would stick in your mind. And I'm seeing the same profiles now on, on just on newer sites two years later. I'm like, come on, this pool must be getting bigger. <laughs> Um, so, uh, in terms of in, in terms of sort of settling down in London, do you guys think do, do we give people enough chance? Do well, I've got that whole thing, theory about this whole called the backdoor theory. Um, uh, obviously, it maybe means something else for other people, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so it's just kind of one one foot out the door. If you're looking for a monogamous relationship and about not giving it enough time or the the aspect of, of enjoying and being in the moment, it's about being present on a date rather than kind of nipping to the toilet and seeing you know who else is on there or you know, not actually just enjoying the person that you're spending time with and rather than dashing home and seeing who else you can talk to, when you're actually thinking to yourself, actually, I quite like this person, but let's see who else is out there. Uh, I think that gets really frustrating for people, and both men and women do. I've got, um, I've got a friend who's date strategy, so he's a single guy, 32, quite attractive, knows he can kind of clean up on dating sites, to be honest. His strategy, he will get, always meet the girls in the same pub, and then if he likes them, he will have a table booked somewhere for dinner, but he won't tell them he's got dinner booked. And then if he likes them, he'll continue on to dinner. If he won't, he just, you know, sacks off the restaurant and, you know, has a 45-minute date and then goes. A lot of people do that. A lot of my food, my friends use the classic of, oh, I've got to go, or I've got, etc., etc. And people... It, it, we get so little personal time in London, it, in any kind of career, we get so little personal time that giving kind of three or four hours over to a date can sometimes be, it's like, oh, God. You know, and we've got, this very, we've got this very UK thing about dating that America perhaps doesn't, we were talking about that earlier, where you kind of go on a date at, say, eight o'clock, and you've got to sit with that person until closing time. And you've kind of got to sit there. And it's like running out of things to say, what's the discreet point to leave? And the barman's cleaning the table. <laughs> and you still, you don't even like each there other. You've got to no stay way there. You know I would do that at all. Yeah. To, I, I, my, my first thing is I will, if I'm going out and it's going to be an alcoholic drink, I buy the first round and I expect them to buy the second so that everything is equal. We always go Dutch. That's it, two drinks. If I haven't, if I decided I don't like them, there's no rapport, I say, listen, I don't feel anything, I'm going to go. And I'm completely honest with him. And I don't think it's been brutal. I think it's like, why waste either of our time? Why yeah, sit around waiting for the barman to clean the thing? You should just be upfront with people and honest. I also think that people go on really boring dates. I mean, why does it always have to be a drink or a meal yeah, or totally. something? Yeah. I mean, I talk about a lot about, I guess, uh, physicality, kind of the science of how, you know, how, how bodies work. And, you know, you want to really get some of those endorphins going, get some excitement going. So, you know, anything that's different, something from the norm. You know, if you enjoy kind of going to South Bank and doing something different or going to art, do that. Don't see something you enjoy. So at least if the date, person you're dating is just crap, you just really had a bad time. At least, you know what? I had a really good time at the gallery. Yeah. You, know, so, you know, but do, do stuff that you actually really enjoy. And 
You know, best, best date that I've had recently, which I've only ever had one date from Tinder, and we went to the board game cafe in East London, and we mm. sat playing board games for three hours. Now, we had no sexual chemistry whatsoever, but he was a lovely guy, and we played really good games, and it was a really fun date, and it's yeah. stuff like that. You can get to know somebody well over See, something like that. Like, with your approach to saying sort of this, this two rounds and then <laughs> kind of chopped, I, I just am a bit hesitant about that, because I know lots of people who take a while to warm up, and I think the, we still get nervous about dates. We still go on these dates and, and build them up, and particularly if we really liked and we felt we got a connection with them. Um, my last ex-boyfriend, it was kind of a running joke. You know, we went out for over a year, um, and it was a running joke that on the first date, I literally stared at the wallpaper behind him for half an hour thinking, oh my God, how do I get out of this? And it was only about two, two hours into the date because I'm quite polite and was writing a blog, so I needed some material. <laughs> but I stayed around long enough to actually realise, oh, I might have something in common with this guy. So I think that's, that's the only thing with cutting it too short. But like you said, we've, you know, we've all got really limited time and we're in London and there's so much else going on, which I think then comes back to if you can do something that you wanted to do anyway, go around a gallery, actually spend some time, you know, you're spending the time doing the thing you wanted and then if you fancy that person, it's almost like the icing on the cake. Mm. But it also depends on the context and how you met them. Like if you meet them on an app, then I think you've already spent some time engaging online via text and they might not be very good online they might be better in person or might be the other way around so you've you've got some way of understanding what sort of person they are if you're there's someone who's just hot walking along the street and you bump into each other and exchange numbers and have a date there's going to be certain chemistry there that you'll know will be there for those two hours has that yeah. ever happened to you in, in London? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I have to say, I have to say, nine times out of ten, it's me asking for their number, not them asking for. That's mine. impressive. No, but fair play. I'm, it's I don't horrible know. being rejected. Has anyone, has, has anyone been <laughs> asked out in the street in London? Because there's that thing about Londoners, isn't it, where we all sit there and no one wants to make eye contact. Come on, be Some proud. Put hands. your hands up. <laughs> and has, put their hand up has anyone <laughs> done? The, has anyone done the asking out? Who's approached people? <laughs> See, fewer. Oh. See, more, maybe everyone's challenged tonight to ask someone out on the tube. I, 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 yeah. I'll be honest, I've, I've had, I've, I don't know whether it's just the, the, free, the, the kind of the idea that I fancy them anyway, but my more successful dates are with people I've asked out in the street rather than just kind of the commerce of a dating mm. app. It's kind of like there's that whole dating app thing of, oh, we've had like five conversations, I suppose you better make for a drink. But it's still Whereas a compliment, there's that, though, there's right? That free, mm -hmm. there's, that, there's that whole kind of Hollywood frisson of meeting mm -hmm. someone in the street and there's, that he liked me enough. Yeah. I don't know whether the girls would say this isn't true, but he liked me enough to walk over a crowded room or a, a supermarket, Lidl, and ask me out. <laughs> and, and ask me out or, or risk that. And, and there's, that, there's a real, you know, a crowd, ask a girl out on a crowded shoe who I subsequently dated for almost a year. And she always talks about it. She was like, I loved it that you asked me out. And I did it in quite a nice, unthreatening way, obviously. But it was like, it was, it, it, she, that gave me a gold medal, whereas a dating app doesn't. But talking about making efforts on dates, I, I think with dating apps, with social media, especially you've added each other on Facebook, Twitter, whatever else it is, you, as a guy ask, arranging dates for girls, you've already got a roadmap of what they like. And I can't believe how few guys, especially if you like someone, actually make an effort to yeah. not stalk, but actually have a look. Oh, she likes, you know, French films. She likes eating, uh, she loves going to seafood restaurants. And you kind of see these different things that somebody likes. And you get this little breadcrumb trail of where you can go to actually impress someone. That's mm. if you particularly want to impress someone. And I find that people don't ever use that kind of information that people are pushing out there that they say about themselves, and people don't use it to make sure a date goes well. Well, that, yeah, that's why I have the issue with your, your 
friend about the... <laughs> I have issues with the feet, <laughs> <laughs> The one that says he goes to the same bar and the same restaurant, because you're never going to meet the right one if you keep putting yourself in the same situation, because yeah. mm. the same person is going to keep showing up over and over and over. Mm. I think, and going back to sort of what you were saying about doing something exciting, um, the problem with, with actually, so it's really interesting, I read a survey, so this week with Valentine's Day, you guys have probably got this, there, I've, I've received hundreds of surveys from everything from like toilet cleaner that want to talk to me about Valentine's Day who yeah. had a really tenuous link in some survey but there was a survey that said they'd, um, they'd canvassed Brit Brits and looked for their people's favourite date spot and, and it, by far and away everyone had said restaurants and it's really interesting because actually in a bar and a restaurant you're sitting opposite someone normally and so it's, it just turns into a bit of an interview and, it's, and yeah. it is really intimidating I, 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 I did a date the dating column I did I, I tried <laughs> I always tried to not lie because obviously the secret the key to the success of your book was that it was really honest and I think if you tell lies in a dating column or a dating blog people are just like I don't, I, I, I don't engage with this guy mm. and I always avoided dinner dates like the plague I feel like they're so you've got a waiter constantly hovering, hovering around who's trying to shift your table on and ask if you want stuff um, and also, you've got this whole prohibitive block, this whole wooden block in front of you that prevents you mirroring any body language. Yeah, true, There's no yeah, touching. Yeah. You can't have open posture. I always booked dates in booths where you could kind of sit and you could get close to each other. That I know that's creep, I'm sorry, that would really creep me out. No, no, be done. But, <laughs> but, you, but the thing is, it's, it sounds creepy, but, but I, I, always, I, always find it, I always find sitting at a dinner table really, a dinner table really obstructive because you can't, you can't really kind of touch or you can't really, there's no intimacy, you can't yeah. whisper you to, to each other. You, you feel like the whole other. thing's, you feel like the whole thing's being listened to by absolutely everyone else. You've got that kind of really quiet dinner party polite chat, whereas kind of date two, it, it could be a lot looser and more exciting. Also, I'm really clumsy. I will knock over anyone's wine if it's in front of me. So for me, eating as well, it's kind of like the whole thing is really stressful. It's like, am I going to get it in my mouth? Is it going to fall down my front? <laughs> Are they going to look at me and laugh and think she's a real arse? You should you know? have date in the dark then. Because then you could just make a mess and they wouldn't oh, even know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can use the eye contact. Yeah, it's the other thing if people in London don't ever eat, go out for dinner. It's always like ready meals and eating in front of the TV or munching a prep run into the office. And then you suddenly realise just how awful your food manners are, as you said. You know, people rarely eat with a bloody knife and fork now. It's just shoveling a fork into your mouth. Although saying that, I think the hottest thing is when someone cooks for you. Yeah. Like, if that's that on a second date, yeah. that's just awesome. Or actually, even on a first date, because that's, that's, that's making an effort. It's a bit creepy on a first date, isn't it? I don't think so. If I've met them on, <laughs> <if> met them <laughs> on Tinder, <laughs> no, I'm not going to their house, but... Thank you. If you know them, if it's someone you know through friends or friends or something like that, then I don't know. Is it creepy? I don't I know. I think it's really nice having been cooked for. The image that we're constructing of dating in London or elsewhere is sounding like a complete nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> it's sounding so complicated and fraught it's with danger. Back I'm to like, death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here. I do always take a weapon with me, I have to say, when I go on Oh, my God, what weapon? Really? <laughs> I have, a, I, have like a, I have like a stick that's on, on my keychain that has a sharp end on it that you can jab. It's about this long. I'll show it to you after. Cool. This is my stick. I know, seriously, because I just, I just think the there's always going to be somebody who isn't safe. Sure. And yeah, I don't yeah. want to be caught out. I want to know I can fight them if I have to. Can we ask Does that make me sound really like... No, I don't know. No, we, we, we actually... Oh, I want to be safe. What, sorry, what what is, it, is it like a baton? Yes, like a short... It sounds more like, like a, a stake. And have you ever used it? 
thankfully, no. Okay, right. Well. One, one, one of our events, we handed out these rape alarms for to all the women, and they were actually teddy bears. So, it was a, so but the thing is, they just, they just kept going off all the time. So it's really about through the whole talk. Oh, and we were just playing with these things, these little cute police, bears. Were police <laughs> crashing into the conference hall. Yeah. I, I feel like I want to justify what I just said. You said most dating is always safe, right? And you shouldn't worry. <laughs> but you should also, everyone, no matter what gender or sex you are, you should know that you need to be cautious you yeah. need to look after yourself you know and not you know drink too much and yeah. you know make sure you can protect yourself if you have to i don't know just think being sensible yeah. about it well, and, and, and i do think meeting in a public place i think unless it really is like a, if you've got a friend of a friend or someone you've met before and that's why you're going to the house for dinner that's i think that's why i'd probably be a bit cautious mm. about going to dinner on the yeah. first time you meet them Definitely. i think you know there's lots of dating safety tips out there, but a lot of it is just kind of that common sense. It's, it's, not get, it's not letting your head get away with you because you're excited about the date. It's just doing stuff like letting someone know where, you, where you've gone, checking it. If you live on your own, checking with a friend, let them know that you're going to ring them when you get home and stuff like that. Um, not, you know, so I get asked this a lot when people get really worried about you know, sort of their safety and they're like, but they might be a weirdo. Well, if you're meeting in a public space, it's exactly the same as sitting next to someone on a bus. You know, yeah. there's, there's just as much, well, hopefully less likelihood that they're going to be a crazy person because you at least have vetted them online. Or and also there's a record of your con correspondence, isn't yeah. it? But I suppose the big thing is it's always, it's always kind of old female safety, isn't it? Which is obviously a very important thing. But increasingly now... Yeah. There's a lot of guys being targeted because guys, especially young single guys, are so dumb about. Oh yeah, somebody sends you an app, you know, on your app, and it's come back to mind, and they'll go. And so a lot of guys get mugged or you know get beaten up, etc. Because they go to a house and it's not an attractive, not the attractive girl that they saw in the picture. It's some burly bloke and three of his mates, and they lose their wallets. And there's a lot of um, cases and things. <laughs> what? <laughs> there you go. Um, so one of the things that we've been asked to speak about are our favourite date, date ideas, which I think does tie into some of what we've been talking about already. I mean, one of the things I was going to say when you were talking about doing something active, one of the best first dates I had was at London Zoo. Um, I hadn't been there since I was a kid, so it's quite nice feeling a bit like a tourist in your own city. And it then does mean that if you are quite nervous face on, well, you're walking around, there's loads of icebreakers, you don't have to ask all those normal questions of, you know, what, what do you do for a living and which part of London do you live in? Because there's meerkats and there's giraffes and, you know, there's stuff you might actually want to look at. You can tell a lot about people by what animals they like or what they say about things, can't they? You know. What's your favourite animal? Me? Yeah. Probably penguins. Uh. They're so animated, aren't they? They're so good fun. That was quite a safe answer. I wasn't expecting that. I, I have the perfect date here for anyone, which I will look up on my phone when I've got a second, because I can't remember the name of it, but it's an app that you have, which two people have on, on your phones, and you listen to headphones, and you go through this walk in London, in central London, it's all around the city, and you go, you walk together, you're both listening simultaneously, everything's simultaneous, and then you split apart for a short period of time and then you walk around different alleyways and then you come back together and then you go all around and it's about an hour long and at certain points it tells you look into their eyes and you have to stand and look at each other and then you keep moving on and it's really intense and also really really romantic and you're seeing you get this soundtrack blasting through your ears and you're seeing the city and the, the cityscape in the most beautiful romantic way I, I I'm a born and bred Londoner and I have never seen London in this way it made me want to move here even though I live here and and I will absolutely tell you about it because it's, it's just, you will win so many points on the first date for that. And it's wonderful. Where, it's where do you, where do you walk around? Where, where, where is it based? It's all around Bank and around um, East London. Well, not East London, sort of, you know, around the city St. Paul's, area. That's it. And so St. Paul's, yeah, it's all around there. 
Um, I, I can look it up. I, yeah, I've forgotten exciting. the name of it. Uh, and, it's, and it's free. It's completely free. You just download the app, and then you synchronize your phones together. So you have to have an Android or an iPhone, sorry. But um, it's, it's wonderful. If you like walking and you like looking into people's eyes, it's very intense, but it's beautiful. So there you go. Great London <laughs> date. Jamie, what's your best date idea? <coughs> My best date idea? I don't know. I'm sitting here. I'm still sort of reeling from the complexity of, um, of, of dating in London. That sounds terrifying to me still. Um, and it's just, it just occurs to me that we haven't really narrowed, nailed, nailed down what dating actually is or what dating is for. And this is, this is the making things complicated bit. Um, <laughs> And, it's like, and I sort of under, everyone understands on some level what we're trying to do. And this touches back to something you said earlier, Zoe. It's like, what you're trying to do on a date, as far as I understand it, is negotiate some sort of a relationship. Like, whether that's a purely sexual thing, or it's going to be a friendship, or some long-term thing with marriage and babies, or you and your existing significant other negotiating a relationship with somebody else on a date. So I think it's important that that's remembered. So anywhere that you can open up that sort of negotiation, where you can feel comfortable getting to know a person and start to communicate to tell somebody what you want so that they can respond. Which possibly, though, that's... Do you not think sometimes people get in trouble from coming up with that too quickly? Like, I think I've got... I definitely know people who scare people off because they, they've got to a point where they're like, right, I want marriage and I want kids, and <coughs> I want to check that he wants this. At, and so that will almost be their opening line at dinner I have this thing... So, I don't know, as a, a, a gay man with at least some straight friends, I found myself, I don't know if this is unique to my experience, but I found myself giving a lot of relationship advice to my straight friends. And straight dating sounds like the most complicated thing I've ever come across <laughs> in my life. Because of that, because of that weird unwillingness to communicate. And it's like, I've had so many straight male friends of mine going, oh, I'm going out on a date with this girl and I just don't know, I don't know what she wants. I go, well, have you asked? I go, oh, I can't. Why not? It's like, just ask her what she wants. Tell her what you want and see what happens. Otherwise, what really is the point? Yeah, it can be really intimidating, though, that, because people are not used to it. Yeah. And, you know, I was speaking to someone today, and he said he was on, a, on an app, and he said he got this message from this girl, and it was literally 20, 50 questions. Okay, so what is it you want? You know, are you solvent? How much money do you make a year? Was like, this was in the first that? time. <laughs> and he was like, oh, hang on, look, I just wanted to kind of say hi. For... <laughs> it, was, it was really intimidating. Hmm. And you can understand to some degree why people do that because, because so many of the apps and sites we use these days cater for everything. So, and, and, and people don't always make clear what they want on those sites. So then you do, you know, you might be on this site, you know, looking for a relationship and then be bombarded with all these messages with people who clearly don't want that. So I suppose almost a way to try and, in these, you know, someone might think, right, I'm just going to get to the quick of this and, you know, make sure that anyone that does reply back to me after I've sent them this A4 long kind of page of questions is going to be committed enough to actually, you know, take it to the next step where that's meeting up. But I, I don't know, I think that that... So when I first started online dating four or five years ago, I used to chat to people for ages before I'd meet up with them. And I kind of thought they really needed to be perfect before I even considered meeting them in real life. And, and because of the blog, I ended up going on all these blind dates that other people were setting me up on. All these people I would never have considered going on a date with. But actually, it made me realise that, do you know what? A date is just a couple of hours of your time meeting a stranger. And actually, you can have a lot of fun with someone who you don't fancy. You know, just it's, sometimes it's quite fun to go meet a complete stranger and have conversations that you don't always have in daily life. Um, and that, you know, you don't need to interview them and make sure that every, every single one of their future plans aligns with yours. Because often we don't know what we want. And I think, I think perhaps one of the issues with, with heterosexual relationships is that women are a lot clearer about what they want. Maybe it's their, you know, because we've got 
internal clocks that, you know, that we worry about and things. Men don't always necessarily admit to themselves what they want. And I've got lots of male friends who, would, who wouldn't have said, oh, I'm looking, I'm looking, looking to settle down, who within a year or so are engaged or married. You know, I don't know whether that, that's one of, the, one of the issues with that communication side of things. I don't really. I think a lot of my male friends don't even process that they want marriage and kids. That's something that's happening in the distant future, and they don't. Then it's kind of all oh, right. I've got to have give her those things in order to keep her, and then it becomes this payoff of in order to do that, I have her. I've got to have these things with it. It's never as it's never as organised as perhaps the female voice, which is when are we going to have these things? And mm. like you said, you know, are you solvent? I, I think people can pick up on conversation as you're having something. It kind of something naturally. It should come into into play as you're having a conversation. You know, if suddenly you bring up something that has is totally incongruent, doesn't make sense. It's just sort of thrown in there. Then of course it's going to kind of kind of mess up the whole conversation. I don't know. I've got I've got three male friends <clears throat> who are in their late thirties and early forties, and all of them are desperate to have kids. And all of them keep meeting women who have no interest in having kids. And it's like, that's really strange, because I also know quite a lot of women who want kids. You guys should all hook up. Um, <laughs> and I think it's actually more common. I, think it's, I don't think it's as easy for men to say that they have biological clocks as it is for women. It's more sort of socially accepted for yeah. women to have this drive towards having children. And there are a lot of women who have no interest in children whatsoever, and there are a lot of guys who do have an interest in having children. And it's like trying to match the things is the difficulty mm. and trying not to put people off so if you yeah. do want you know if, you, if you're a woman in you know, late 30s early 40s whatever and you're putting on your profile I want to have kids that might put a, a lot of guys off who are just not able to cope with the idea of it but I don't think and I think putting it into conversation in the first date is also really yeah, it is but I do I'm, I'm someone who believes my motto is no bullshit don't time waste mm. and I just think you know you should always be upfront what you want so that people know what they're getting but, at face but people value. love the idea of a no bullshit relationship but when you come up when you encounter someone who's like, no bullshit, and they're like, I want this, 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 and this. Even if you almost agree with them, it can sometimes be really fierce. It's Absolutely, like, Jesus yeah. Christ. Like, I've got guy mates who are like, oh, yeah, I just want sex and friendship. And when they meet a girl who's like, oh, you know, they just want a fuck buddy or something, then it's like, then they're actually quite scared of her. Mm. Well, <laughs> yeah. Why? It's like, oh, my God, she's more masculine than I am. That's, yeah, the, I, <clears throat> that's the flip side of what, of what Zoe was saying. Yeah. There's, this, there's a pressure for men not to disclose that they might want to settle down and have babies and things because it feels in some way unmasculine. And there's that constant um, pressure against women expressing sexuality still, yeah. um, that women can't say so cleanly, so clearly, all I want is a fuck buddy. Like, I just want, you, just want some sex this evening, thank you, isn't a thing that women feel entirely safe about saying. Yeah. Do you think that that's changing though with with hookup apps and changing? I don't think it's changed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my God, I just got... Sex in the City. I mean, because that was that was a huge part of what was her character called? Character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was very much upfront about things like, okay, it was a character, but there was a lot of women who identified with that. That you know, you know, I want to be strong character. I want to you know be able to say that to somebody and, and it'd be okay. It's, I think it's still, it's just still really, really hard. Um, I, I had a guy contact me on Tinder last week who I thought, oh, this sounds interesting. And two lines in, he immediately went to the, I don't even want, I don't want to be rude in this room, but it was something really graphic and sexual. And mine was just high, like, response. And then he went straight there. And I was writing a really long reply to kind of go, you're so fucking entitled. How do you think you, why are you saying this to me? Why do you think I'm up for it? Yes, I might be, but why do you immediately assume, <laughs> immediately assume that I'm going to respond in a positive way? Can't you talk about anything else other than your dick? You know, straight away. And I was composing this long response. And by the time I pressed send, he'd already blocked me. <laughs> 
And I was so annoyed because I was just like, I want to lecture you on how you shouldn't be with women. Which sort of brings me to something related to this, which is about communication. All of this to me is about communication. The reason why dating seems to be hard is because we don't communicate well. We don't mm. seem to be able to continue communicating. We don't initiate good communication. We don't continue good communication. We let things pass us by because we're not giving it the time. We don't put, mm. invest the time in communicating what we want and listening as well to what other people want. Yeah, I, we're really finding this. I mean, we actually started off with it being an online business. And then because of my background, our backgrounds, it made sense. And I've done matchmaking in the past to make it a matchmaking company as well. And it's been really successful because a lot of women have said, look, you know, it's all being well on, online, but A, I don't have the time. You know, I don't know what they want. I really want you to find, you know, to us to you know, find us dates where you can, you know, really find out what they want for me. So, you know, I can go on these dates and really know that this person's in the same place as me. And then if we hit it off, then we can take it from there. Uh, people are saying they really are getting fed up of apps and, and you know, kind of this... This quick, quick... It's, it's also... Having a, a dating app is also like this bloody plant you've got to keep watering. It's almost like you've got... It's almost like having a Tamagotchi. You've got to keep bloody updating it. Yeah. And feeding it and cutting its hair and wiping its arse. And it's like, oh, yeah. And it's just... It's like this awful kind of... This, this millstone around your neck almost having these... If you, you kind of only commit to one properly or two properly. And then your mates are all on a different one, etc. You've been quite... People shouldn't, people shouldn't feel like work. But it shouldn't though. feel like work. And when it, but does, it does, when it does, is that not a signal to get the hell out of there and actually take time away from the screen and do something else entirely? It's all FOMO, though, isn't it? It's all fear of missing out, isn't it? Because you get this kind of, oh, she's quite nice, and then she's quite nice, and, and he's quite nice, or whatever. Mm. And then it's like, oh, she talks to all of them. And then suddenly it's three in the morning and you've not actually gone on a date. You've just bloody replied to all the yeah. messages. <laughs> well, and, and quite interestingly, if you do give it breaks, so I don't know how many of you are on Bumble. Bumble's got quite a clever algorithm that if you don't go on Bumble for a couple of days and you go back on, suddenly they sift all the hottest people to the What's top of the Bumble? pile. Um, like Tinder, but set up by a woman who got sacked by Tinder for se- and had a sexual harassment lawsuit Ooh. with them. How do yeah. they define hottest? I was, um, I was going well, to say that. So, is it, no, is it relative? No, yeah. so no, it's, it's the algorithm works it out. So the people who most people have said yes to, yeah. they can work out are attractive to most people, so they pull them to the Another pile. Are they real? So it's almost like a have a look what you it's almost like a have a look missing. what you could have won. <laughs> that's really that's really circular. Yeah. They're gonna end up at the top and stay there. People are gonna <laughs> like them. It is. Yeah. That's why they get more and more dates, because they're always at the top. And then we're at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Can't leave them out, though. I'm in the cellar. No, and just going back to what we were saying about communication, though, I think it's quite interesting, because I... So this, um, I had a, a journalist call me up this, up this week, and she was kind of trying to get some dating rules. And one of the things she said was, you know, if you're on a date and it's going really, really badly, how do you get out of it? Do you have your friend phoning you up? And all these really sort of classic, kind of cliched ideas of how you escape a date. And I just said, well, you just... It's not working, just say. Normally, the other person will get that too. The other person probably knows anyway. Yeah. It's kind of, oh, it's you've got to see it through. It's not working for the other one. And if it is working for the other and one, they've the, got some issues. Because yeah. if, they're, if they're feeling something that isn't there, then that's, that's mm. them. <laughs> but I mean, has anyone got any specific dating rules that they think actually work? Because I think it's one of those dangerous territories where you get these weird anecdotes that, you know, have been around for about 25 years and all these games that people play with texting yeah. and how long you wait and all that. Emphatic rule I always abide by is... Is all she's a, a guy to girl anyway. She's always got to know exactly where she's going the night before the date. Because I always feel like if a girl doesn't know where she's going the day of the date, she's more likely to cancel than if she doesn't. Because a girl kind of needs to visualise where she's going to be. She needs to know how she's going to get back, what she's going to wear, etc., etc. And I think that a lot of guys do this kind of 
And, and obviously you'd be polite and you'd be courteous and you'd be all of those other important things. But a lot of guys have this kind of false, faux chivalry kind of thing of, where would you like to go? What do you want to do? And it's kind of really self-defeating. I feel like at that instance, you at least want a plan of where the date's going to be. Because if the guy can't organise the first date, even a basic first date, it's probably not going to reach date two. That's why I like what you said about the, you know, people not reading what people said on their profiles about what they like to do and everything. But how would you feel about... That's the whole point of it, surely, saying that uh, you do X, Y, and Z. But does it need to be the man organising the dates? Oh, no, absolutely not. But without being... I know, obviously, this is London, and Zoe's talks about we don't have these kind of gender rules anymore. But as a guy, you very often still feel that you have to buy the first one, you have to organise the date, you have to do X, Y, and Z. And so there's this kind of really self-defeating thing of, 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 oh, what would you like to do? What would you like to do? And I feel like if a girl doesn't know where you're going to take her, she's more, it's far easier to cancel than if she's already agreed to go to a different place. I don't know if it's about, about what to wear and that she needs to know where she's going. I think well, no, it's quite. actually just sack up. That you haven't given enough. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. like oh, you're definitely you know, going to be there. Like you haven't <laughs> you know, given have enough of a thought. shit to organise yeah, exactly. a date. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically <laughs> the point I was making in the yeah. brightest yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I think that the gender rules is really interesting because um, so it's like a response to Tinder last year. All these female empowerment apps came out and Bumble is one of them. Um, and the idea is that um, the woman has to make the first move. And I think that the, the way they've been... I think not everyone likes that. I mean, and I'm, it's interesting because I would consider myself quite feminist um, in, an, in an equality type way, but I have to say I like it when a guy makes the first move. And I think I have better relationships with guys, and I'm, you know, I'm a confident girl who will ask a guy out. I've had far better relationships with the guys who've been the ones who've made the first move and asked me out and maybe thought about where we're going on the first date rather than me kind of taking the reins and saying, right, let's go do this. I mean, what, what do you think? Because obviously, you know, this is kind of your area, isn't it? Equality and... I don't... See, I don't think there should be any rules. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fuck the rules kind of person. I think that we should just say sod gender norms, really, overall. Um, my one rule, uh, personally, is to always split everything equally financially, particularly if it's a first date. Um, if it's a second or third, then we can negotiate. If they're rich and I'm not, then, okay, maybe they'll pay for a more expensive meal and I'll make a home-cooked meal and that balances things out. Um, but I really fundamentally uh, reject the idea that men should pay for women um, in terms of heterosexual dating. Uh, I think it establishes um, unequal status and uh, there has to be equality from the get-go. So in terms of who initiates the date and who creates it, whoever's got the best plan, do it. You know, whoever, whoever feels confident enough to make the first move. But from then on, it should be more of an equal thing. You know, I've had, I've had partners, I've had lovers who are really passive and not able to make decisions about things. And it was the kind of situation where I'd go, right, do you want A or do you want B? And that I found frustrating because sometimes I wanted them to just go, hey, do you want A or B? And then I can pick. So I just think it's more of a lazy thing, actually. I'm, I'm attracted to people who like making decisions and also like, you know, initiating decisions. But those, those can be swapped. There's no gender in that at all. See, see, I quite like the tradition of a guy playing on the first date, or at least volunteering to pay on the first date. I'll always adamantly pay for my half if I'm not interested in them. Um, and I... <laughs> no, I'm like, then I don't owe them anything. Um, and I... But hold on, but if you are interested in them, you'll let them pay. Because then, then I'll pay... And then I'll either pick up something else in the night or I'll pay on the second date. But I quite but like do you, them. do you always assert on the second date, this is mine, I'm, d I'm taking yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will always gesture from my purse. And this is something that was interesting. I've got a friend who's very wealthy and he said regardless of how much he fancied the woman if he took her on a first date and she didn't reach for her purse as if to offer to pay then he that was it he was like there needs to be the offer um. so many of my male friends say oh you know the woman so reaches for her purse but she's never gonna actually pay 
And I know so many guys who are frustrated with this, guys who I count as feminist, a lot sort of left-wing, very progressive, and very frustrated that they feel that they will be rejected by the women they're on a date with if they don't offer to pay. Or if they, if they suggest to go Dutch, they're dumped. I think... I think why are we still dealing with, dealing with this, like, 1950s mentality? It's like you need a flowchart to navigate this <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Wait, have does you not done... Seem, does not <laughs> seem hypocritical? <laughs> uh, tell me, guys, dating guys, like, um, how does it work? Can women dating yeah. like, like, how if I can speak this? in really broad generalisations for a moment, in the, in, in the gay male dating world, things are slightly different because by the time you go out on a date, you've probably already had sex with each other. <laughs> or you know somebody who's had sex with that person because the gay world is small. So things are a bit different. So you can get a review already? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't um, want to try the goods with that review. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, but, yeah... I have no... I mean, the, the power dynamics are completely different mm. when you've got two same-gender people dating from when you've got um, yeah. men and women dating, yeah. but mm. I have absolutely no objection to being bought dinner, but I do mm. tend to, you know, I do rounds, and then I'll get the dinner next time, but it's, yeah. There yeah. can be a physicality in terms of if someone has more testosterone and more, you know, if someone has more kind of male or female dominant thing, then, then they can come into play, especially with women. You know, if someone's more of a stronger character, then they're more likely to sort of... To, to, Take the, take the, take the role of, of of paying, or at least you know making decisions about things. But it can be really challenging. You've got two women there. Do you want to do that? I don't know. What do you want to do? Do you want to do that? I don't mm. want to do. You know, it can be a little bit like oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, gay men make the worst at making decisions. So it's it's like, where should we go? I don't know. What do you want to do? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think we've got we're coming up to questions. But before we go to questions. Um, the future. We've been given the very broad topic of the future of dating. Does anyone have any... We're doomed. We're totally doomed. We're not doomed. We're not doomed. We, just, we need to... Uh, sorry, I've got very strong views, which is that, yes, we should absolutely use the technology. It's a great medium to meet people. And we should also get out there and make sure we meet people and don't stay online the whole time. You have to balance the two. You have to be able to allow both into your life. Because otherwise, you will spend all your time doing this. And this will not get you out there doing this, looking at somebody. Yeah. But I think it's what's quite interesting is a lot of the most recent apps have almost taken that on board already. So you get ones where you can't speak to someone and you just it's that you say you like each other and then it sets up a date and it gives you the you know how does it set up a date for you um, that's brilliant it picks the nearest can location I just say, earlier on he looked at me and said oh, i can see why you're single date in ikea no, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they've got they've got deals with bars and then I think you pay for your first drink through the app to try and guarantee that both of you turn up oh. but um and and there are apps that are using matchmakers too so they're trying to sort of, sort of I suppose straddle the line between technology and real life well this is where you know we feel that you know, I, I think that everything in life kind of has a full circle and I really feel that you know okay apps and sort of online it does have its place and, and apps especially I think people kind of get really frustrated with it. I think people want that kind of social, that feel, that touchy-feely, well, maybe more for you guys, but I uh, want that kind of uh, interaction socially. And people are, you see people walking along the road and they're like that, and they're missing all these fabulous, gorgeous people walking along, and you think, you know, that person could be right there in front of you if you just kind of took your head out of the phone. Um, and I just, you know, uh, traditional stuff, either kind of matchmaking is really popular again, or just doing the things that you love doing. People always say, where do you meet someone? Enjoy your life. Go out there and do the hobbies and the things you enjoy doing, and that's how you meet people. You know, not you know, going to things to, for feeling forced 
to, to, yes. to be somewhere because you think that that's what someone's but, hot's going to be doing. But dating apps are becoming more and more niche, aren't they? Like, I got a press release for redhead dating where you could only meet redheaded people. It wasn't specific about that you had to be redhead to join or whether you just like redheaded people. I didn't really sure. Or like oversized dating for larger people or Star Trek dating and book dating where you talk about what books you are. But I don't know where... It's it become more and more niche, but I don't know how successful any of these apps are. You were saying earlier, weren't you, that... What percentage of dating apps so die think, before they're... Oh, it's, it's, so, so there's 15 new dating apps created every week. and less, Every week? And less than 5% of those apps will last a year. So, yeah. Well, because they need to reach critical mass, don't they? And you need lots of people on them. And there are established ones like Match or OkCupid or whatever, which aren't really just about meeting people for dating. They're for meeting people like social networks. I'm, I'm on OKC, and I, all of my sort of social network, I'd say 85% of it, are also on OKC, and I have like 95% matches with them. So these are people I know and I'm friends with. A lot of my close friends I have met through OKCupid. I haven't dated them. Just really good people, and we share very similar worldviews. So I don't think it's necessarily about sex and dating always. The social network mm. of, of apps yeah. is what has been really beneficial in terms of technology and how that's advanced human communication. Yeah. I don't think we should undermine that. I think that's actually really helped yeah. humanity. I, agree, yeah. I think um, it's interesting that we've all got these online avatars, haven't we? It's, 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 and it's, 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 it's social media is as well as dating apps, but we've all got this online version of ourselves, and the, and and, it, and you see that problem most most often in dating because your only view of someone is five photos that they've taken from this angle with you know a filter on or whatever, and then they turn up and they're twice the size you're expecting or half a size or you know and and or ten years older, um, and I think it's what's quite interesting is. Um, is that it's it's where 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 is our own sort of self recognition? How how self aware are we? Is that what we think we look one, like one in the, life? One of the biggest tips I always get asked about how to write dating profiles, and my biggest tip is always beyond not just people always moan about this whole online dating thing, isn't it? Oh, he, he turned up, he was supposed to be six foot five, and he he, t he was five foot four, or she was you know twenty years older than her picture. Um, but it's about being honest yourself on your profile. A lot of my friends are like, oh, I can't meet anyone on my dating app. And they've written things like, oh, I'm really into the theatre. I'm like, when was the last time you were into the theatre? <laughs> well, I, I really like, um, I really like uh, classic French cinema. I'm like, why are you putting this fucking rubbish? <laughs> stuff that you, if, you, if you like running home from work to watch Emmerdale, put that. If you fall asleep in the bathtub, maybe not that. If you, if, if you go out and drink a lot, put that. Put things that you really enjoy doing, things that you do, and more importantly, things that you do on your own. Because if you do them on your own, that means you really like them, rather than because your shitty mates drag you to them. And I think my number one tip is be honest about your own profile before you start kind of growing. Back to communication. Yeah. But I also too, think people it? forget about all their other social places. So people forget about actually someone could find you on, on Facebook and Twitter and all the stupid stuff you put. So you kind of got your boobs out and you're kind of there with all the drink. And if you don't want to portray that, don't put it on all the other stuff. I actually met my partner on LinkedIn. You know, business was a big part of my, my wow. life and kind of... Did you, did you, that was an initial meeting and then you... Because yeah, no, there, well, there was that big scandal, wasn't there, where that guy yeah. emailed that girl, linked in that girl and said, oh, well, that's she was a very so ridiculous. That, you, that's a very hot picture. I think there's yeah. a bit more to the message I don't than think this, but hot, he hot, said, you've got just, a really hot picture. And then did you say hot? It, it might I, have been... I, think flattering I thought you think you look great or something. It was just a nice compliment. I think let's not go there because I'm definitely going to argue her case. Because I just... It's not, you know, if someone's there on a professional situation, being a woman, 
woman, you're, you're always going to get comments about your appearance. Yeah. Fuck that shit. No, but I think, no, I, I think it was about the whole profile. I don't think it was just about the photo. It was. It was about how she looked. Yeah. And men do not have... It's a completely sexist double no, standard. Men do not experience this in professional situations That's why I'm terrified to meet you through LinkedIn. I think it's fine if you're both <laughs> same gender. I, might, I, might, I, I have I never joined. Mess. I never will be I on It was a bit different, though. I was being asked to be an expert for the, for, the, for the company. So, and then we kind of got together through that. So... But that's brilliant that you great. got to be through there. Yeah. I don't really know where to go um, from now. Well, in, case, in case anyone was interested, just to, before I forget, it was called aholobody.com. If anyone wants to go on that walk that I mentioned in uh, around St. Paul's, it's aholobody.com. It's beautiful, beautiful music, beautiful script. It's really lovely. You will fall in love on it. And I, I went with my mate and we fell in love with each other. Oh. Um, I mean, not you know, romantically, but... While, and while you're taking notes, um, something just brings to mind while we're talking. So earlier this week, I interviewed Mary Balfour, who is Britain's oldest matchmaker. So she's been a matchmaker for 30 years. She's about 70. I don't think she'd mind me saying that. Um, and she has literally created thousands of matches. And um, I interviewed her this week for Collectively, um, which is like an online ethical magazine. And the interview was just really interesting. It's worth reading. She, I mean, it is all her. She is such a character. But some of the stuff she was saying was really interesting. She's like, you know, when I asked her what, what are the problems that we most that people make today and why is dating so much harder now and she's like we all think we're more attractive than we are and, that was what she said. And, she, and, and it was a little bit about maybe we all need to be more realistic and lower our standards and she said women in particular she said if just if just because you've got money doesn't make you attractive there's some really funny answers but from someone who has seen a lot of relationships work and seen what doesn't work um, and it was one of the things that she said that was quite interesting. She said that we've been taught that we should go on a first date and either click or not, and then you dismiss them if you don't click. And she mm. said people need to realise that you can find love on a fifth date or a 50th date. Mm. You need to look for the friendship first, and then, you, and then the rest builds on that. Um, but, yeah, so it's worth, it's worth reading some of the stuff she writes. It's very opinionated, but, I mean, fair play to her. She's created far more marriages than any of us have. So. Wow. <laughs> um, do you want to start taking questions? Is now a good time to start? Yeah? Yeah? Has anyone got any questions? Please put your hands up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they'll come to you with microphone, microphone, so just wait a sec. Oh, it's really professional. It's like question time. <laughs> Do I stand as well? I feel like I'm quizzing you now. Uh, you've talked a little, little bit about the meeting people in the street, the impromptuness, the forwardness, and the problem I see with that is the balance and why the lady in the middle shifted across the stage is that it's too easy to be creepy. And <laughs> being upright leftist and feminist, I want to make sure that there's always a balance of power, that there's always sort of, she feels as comfortable as I do, and how to find that. When Are you asking me? Or anybody? Any of you. Well, you I'll, I'll, oh, sorry, I'll give my answer and then you can, all the women completely disagree and say that was creepy and crazy. Um, I think the, the idea is to, is to make sure you've got their attention. By that, I don't mean scream really loudly, but to immediately make eye contact and speak in quite a clear, confident way. Because they might, I've seen guys approach girls and it's... And it's like, what? And I think if you have to kind of repeat yourself, and there's nothing wrong with just saying, I'm, I'm, excuse me, I'm sorry to bother you, I just really love your outfit, I really love your look, or even just, oh, can I read that in the paper? Or they're sat next to you. And it's just striking up a conversation because people know if you're a stranger striking up a conversation with them that there's probably, you, there's probably you're quite interested in them. And I think that's fine. And you don't step into their personal space. 
I've watched all these, you know, I get all these kind of pickup artists and stuff that I have to interview, and they, they kind of, you know, put their arms around. And I just find that, I, I find that uh, uh, most women react very badly to that. And there's nothing wrong with just going up and making eye contact with and speaking to people. And practice. There's this very kind of, particularly amongst my male friends anyway, there's this very male thing to only try and talk to women that you fancy. And so they don't make any effort to speak to any of their female colleagues all week or their sister's friends or anything else. And then suddenly they see someone that they fancy across a bar and then they, because they've had three rum and cokes, they then think that they're suddenly going to be able to speak to them. You know, a, 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 you know, Thierry Henry scores goals at the weekend because he actually practices in the week. So, and it's the same for women as well. You know, if, you, if you, you're terrible at talking to men, practice at talking to men that you don't know, the guy that's pouring your coffee, the guy that's driving your bus, the guy in the office that you never spoke to before. And you suddenly realise that you get better at it, you get good at it, and you keep eye contact, you learn to smile at the right time, you look interested and you engage with people, and you kind of, you know, you manage to laugh with your eyes rather than looking dead behind the eyes, looking bored at. Um, but you, uh, and you, and you practice that way, because it's far, once you practice at speaking to people that you don't fancy, it's far easier to speak to people that you do fancy. I like that he pointed yes. at all three of us. <laughs> <laughs> can I, can I give, sort of, can I respond to that as well? Um, I think, definitely don't go, hey girl, you got a fine ass. Because that's definitely not gonna, I mean, I'm not hot and I get that shit. And it's just because I'm a woman and I'm walking down the street and it's, the, it, just, I'm, I'm never going to respond positively to that, ever. Um, but some, a guy has approached me on the street who is just kind of self-deprecating, actually. just kind of like, oh, look, I know this is really awkward, and I feel really stupid, and I just, I really liked how you looked, and I liked what you were wearing, and it, I just, would it be all right, can I ask you your number? And it was just his sort of awkwardness and his being sort of self-deprecating about it, I thought was quite sweet. And he, it taken him some courage to talk to me, and that immediately scored points. And I think that there's that, just like not trying to be arrogant and, you know, Having the confidence to approach is a big deal, but not being, you know, Smooth. and also not, not having to sort of be objectifying, I think, is the main thing. So if I don't feel objectified by the person, but I feel like they're appreciating me and they're showing appreciation by trying to talk to me, that's a good thing. I know, it's always going to get be, positive. But you can practice anyway. Like, I'm not saying go and ask 10 people out after you, you know, after this event, but go up and speak to three people in the street and just ask them a random question. Pretend that you don't know where something is or that you're asking is there a good internet cafe around here. And just practice. Like, random, you just get used to speaking to strangers. Because you're obviously very confident anyway, so... I think what Andy said too about that, just the thing about the train, like if you're on a train and you know you ask for the paper or whatever, you can get a read of someone from the way that they respond. Like if a hot guy sits next to me and asks me for the paper, then I'll be a bit like, oh yeah, <laughs> and make more of giving them. If you know, if I'm not interested, you know, you kind of you can you can you can feel it from their body yeah. language, can't you? Yeah. yeah. Like if someone wants to talk to you, mm. they'll they'll then speak back. The bane of approaching people in the street is headphones. And, and tourists yeah. that don't speak English because you're speaking, and then you're five minutes into conversation, you realise that one, they don't speak speak the language, and then also they're flying back to Belarus tomorrow or something. So, but, and headphones because they just walk so potty. Five minutes in, are you just talking at them? <laughs> for five minutes? My whole spiel. Come to IKEA. <laughs> can I can I come back to that question as well about how to reject people if you're not interested? Because I think this is also part of it. I think it's really important. Um, I learned my first lesson about asking someone out when I was 16. I fancied this boy who was 23, who was older, and I had this massive crush on him for about two years. And he was a friend of a friend, and I asked him out and just said, "Oh, I really fancy you, and oh God, you know, would you go out with me?" And he said, "Zoe, I think you're absolutely lovely. I don't feel that." way about you but I would really like for us to be friends if that's okay with you and we became friends after that and we were friends for about 10 years 
And that gave me the confidence from then on to be able to ask men out. It's like, well, if, if someone's rejected me in a really positive way and made me feel good about myself and who I am, then I know I can do this again. And so having rejections, and I've had hundreds over the years, um, you know, guys just saying, oh, I have a girlfriend or I'm not interested or whatever, but doing it in a respectful way to the person who asks is, helps boost their confidence. And I think, you know, saying you like their ass is not going to get you a good rejection. But saying something about them that you want to engage with them, if they're not interested, be kind. Just be kind to people. And I think that, because it does come round. It comes back round to you. It We're does. all in it together. Um, and that, that's not just asking people out in the street. That's, you know, if you go on a couple of dates with someone and you're not that interested, don't ghost them. Don't just disappear off the face of the planet. To be honest, I did get my entire career in dating because someone did ghost me. <laughs> but, and I, but I literally thought this guy had died. Like, he went from phoning me every night for two hours to just AWOL, completely AWOL, to the point where I thought, oh, maybe I should check the obituaries. I mean, like, literally, like, that weird. And it was before ghosting was a thing. But what nowadays, where you just, you're Disappear. seeing just someone and they just out. disappear completely oh, with no explanation. Like, just be nice to other people. It's that whole kind of treat people how you would like to be yeah, treated yourself. <laughs> You're learning loads. I am, but brilliant. I'm going to be on fire this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um, has anyone else got any questions? Hiya. Um, you've talked a lot about apps, and I'm a little bit older than a lot of you here, I think, um, because they don't mean much to me, and I don't even know the names of some of them that you've mentioned tonight. Um, I'm on the old school dating sites, like you know, the old version of things to, compared to apps. Um, the issue that I keep finding is I've gone through a few different ones and um, the reason I come off of them very quickly is because they are often sharing with different dating sites. So I'm having to deal with, like, if I want to perhaps restrict my view to a certain sector of the community as such, like The Guardian or something like that. Not, no, not, not saying that that one is the case, but a lot of them share their membership so I'm, for example, I've gone to the point of now, oh my God, where am I going to look? Because I'm just getting everybody coming in. I've gone on to one called Executive. And honestly, the, the population of people on there is, is, is everybody but Executive. It's really a nightmare. And I'm having to just go, oh my God. And my profile starts off with, please, please read my profile. Because I'm getting requests from so many random, obscure people that have got nothing in common with me that are just... A, they're just sending out messages to hundreds of women. They're totally inappropriate. And it's just really puts me off of everything. I'm just so, like, I'm just bored with it now. It's just like a real ordeal. And I'd love to be able to just go and meet people. I've got a really varied job. Go all over London, talking to people all the time. Eye contact, smiling, happy. And it's still not happening that way. I just, like, want to go into a cave now. and think, oh, well, that's my relationship future is... It's just not working. Okay, so. well, first off, don't go into a cave. <laughs> don't, you're not at that point yet. Um, what you said first off about white labeled dating sites. So, so there are there are sites yeah, that are white labeled. Yeah, I've heard this now. I'm yeah, aware so now. That, those are the ones where there's a big pool. Um, they're, sometimes they're, they're easier to spot than others. So um, if you are on a dating site that's not a big mainstream one that you've heard lots about, maybe it's a niche area. Um, if you if you look at the about page, normally they should be quite honest that it is a white label product. Um, if they're not honest, look and see if they've got a phone number for customer inquiries, because most of the white label sites have a phone number for customer inquiries. And if you bring that number, when they answer it, they won't necessarily tell you. It will. Ju they will just. It will be a general, a, a general sort of 
phone <coughs> bank rather than that specific dating site. Um, so that's the way to try and avoid white label sites Sorry, if, if that's causing a, white a problem. Label site? So I could set up a white label site tonight. I can go online and there are millions of datas on a database and I just put a front page that says Charlie's dating site and then I get 50% of the revenue and white label dating or one of the other platforms get 50%. So it's like a franchise? Um, yeah, you're just, well, you're just using their, you're using their customer service and you're using their database of people and you're just sticking your own label on it. So, um, so I have, I am, this is one of my absolute pet peeves. I think they're disgusting. I think their TNCs are ridiculous. I, if anybody's on a website, go to the terms and conditions before you sign up to any website, any app, look at terms and conditions because white label dating sites will say that we have the right to put your photo and your details on any website we choose to. It's disgusting. Do, and they, yeah. do they also I keep am, you I, on there when you've come off? Because I've heard someone say that to yep, me as well. Yep, so once you've come off, on it. you're yeah, out there somewhere still. Yeah, um, there's a lot going through, um, a lot happening at the moment and uh, I would like to see laws changed. So, about things like that. So one of the things I would recommend is if you're looking for a reputable site, look for them, the ODA marks, so that's the Online Dating Association. So in order for a site to be a member of the Online Dating Association, they can't do stuff like share your data. And the, the, the association's got really strict guidelines on stuff like data sharing Sorry, and privacy. Did you say you're talking about the, the dating, so George's one? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, actually, it's not true. There are white-labeled dating sites on there. No, uh, there's, there's certain sites, but they're not white-labeled. They've, um, they've got their ring fence sites on there. So, like the Times and the Telegraph and stuff. But you, they're, they're, they have very strict guidelines, basically, for membership. So, that, if, if they're bearing that logo, they will have to have fulfilled those signs. Um, what you were saying about, about getting lots of messages, I think that that's a reality of being a woman on a dating site, to be honest. Um, and the bigger the dating site, there are always, you're always going to get spammy messages, to be honest. I think you almost just have to sort of take it as part of the a part and parcel. Um, I wouldn't, the one thing I would say, I don't know if you, you guys agree, is I wouldn't put too many messages on your profile to try and dissuade people, because yeah. yeah. it ends any, up having a bit of a negative effect. Please, please, I always feel Yeah, like you've got to be positive. Have, get someone, uh, either professional or, or someone, to look at your profile, and always make it positive. The worst things is a, oh, yeah, well, I'm not quite over my ex, or only get in contact if you're this, 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 this. You know, that, uh, you know, so it's got to be really positive, really upbeat. Say, this is what I'm really interested in. If you're interested in this as well, please contact me. Because then, you know, you're asking for the people who are interested possibly in those things as well. Well, fingers really crossed, good. a guy approached me about two days ago. He's on the trip abroad at the moment. He's coming back tomorrow. And he said, at last, a real profile. Can we meet? So, yeah. fingers crossed. And I have been approached on LinkedIn as well, so that's a weird one. And so, so there's a site called Bristler too, which if you like people with beards, um, it has... <laughs> really good. Bristler. 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 It has a Lothario detector, right. so if, the, if someone sends the same message to loads of people on the site, mm. uh, underneath the message it says, Andy has sent this message to 23 other women. <laughs> 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 I'm not on Bristler. I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm single. Anyway. <clears throat> the tagline is for people with beards and, and those who want to stroke them is the tagline. <laughs> I haven't yet stroked any from there. <laughs> <laughs> um, has anyone else got any questions? Down the back. Oh. Should, we go, should we go here? Or oh, yeah, yeah. Should we go here? Go for it. Yeah. Hi, good evening. My name is Marie-Louise, and I am doing, like you, a similar sort of challenge. So I'm doing 52 challenges in 52 weeks. This week's challenge is a blind date 
um, every day running up to B-Day, basically. For how many days? Uh, seven. So okay, from, right, right. From, from Sunday to Including Saturday. Valentine's Day? Uh, no, up to Saturday. Uh, and the idea is... Are you here with, to date now? Yes, oh, yes please. please. So <laughs> if, if, if the gentleman in the third row wants to talk to someone, come and, come and talk to me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> someone set me the challenge, and I thought it'd be easy. Quite frankly, I went in there going, you know, can't be hard. I've, I've done the dating thing. Pretty confident. I'm on every single dating app that I can find. I think I'm running eight at the same time at the moment. Getting guys to get dates on those apps, I'm finding incredibly hard. You get one message, maybe two, and it dies. It seems to be the ego trip of, ooh, they like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. End, end of story. How, <laughs> how did you go about um, getting 30? Because I've, I've tried my friends. They all thought, brilliant idea, we'll do it. No one came through. So what's, what do you all think is the, the safest, the best, the, the best matched way to actually get decent dates? Well, so my 30 was over three months and they were friends of friends mainly. So I did a lot of, and I literally agreed to go out with anyone. <laughs> there was no choice involved in a lot of those days. <laughs> Which is possibly why a lot of people found the blog funny rather than anything else. But um, I don't know, from a guy's perspective, what, how would, you know, how do you, how do you get, how does a girl get you on a date? Um. <laughs> <laughs> how would a girl get you on a date? I've been on a date with a girl. Yeah, no, the first date I went on was with a girl. It was possibly the worst date I've ever been on in my life. Um, we sat and we spoke about mortgages for <laughs> two hours. Oh. How did you not want to kill her? Well, it was, yeah, and then and we walked up, yeah, you. it didn't go well. <laughs> well. It went quite well, depending on how you measure well, but it wasn't ideal. <laughs> well, so your, your question is how to get lots of dates? Yeah. Right. I, 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 I think you just, to get me on a date, you just asked me, I think, basically. But... Eddie, what are you doing now? <laughs> Um, I'm going to meet my girlfriend. I'm sorry. Um, I, did watch, I, I just think, I, I think when, when you're trying to get quantity of dates, you, I always find, when you, certainly if you're going to write a column, and always a column's always successful if it's honest and always kind of self-deprecating and all of those other things. Last thing people want to read about is somebody's boastful antics about X, Y, and Z. And when I was writing my dating column, which I did too, I, I always kind of went to dating events because they always gave me great, copy. It was great. Me, people are crazy. People get, get nervous and they say crazy things and then you do stupid things. And dating events where, you know, I, I went to a wine speed dating event. I've, I've done all kinds of speed dating events. I did speed gardening where you'd plant a... <laughs> speed gardening? You'd, 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 no, this is true. You'd, you'd plant a bulb, you'd plant a bulb and watch your love grow. And there are all these girls, horrendous. And all these girls that turned up in nice outfits that were covered in topsoil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it was horrendous. But I went to a wine speed dating event, actually. And it was great, because you kind of sit there and have a sip of wine, and then you chat, and you're supposed to kind of... The ridiculous thing was you were supposed to spit the wine out, so you kind of go, hi, I'm Andy, and then hock up a load of vino, which didn't really work. So people just, obviously, getting value for money, just gobbed down as much wine as they could. Um, but what happened was, by date three, people were having a really good time, and then by date four or five people were really hammered and people are kind of cop people my date five had copped off with somebody else already before I'd met date six um had run introduced her was going really well and then she ran to the toilet and then came back with a really wet face and wet fat and realized she'd actually been sick um, <laughs> at the sight of me and then date seven she just said I know you're not gonna like me and I was going 
<laughs> I could tell by the way you look at me, it's because of what I am. And it's coming. But to answer your question, if you want, it seems that you want, that you want kind of just loads of funny stuff to write about in your blog. Go out to dating events. I've done speed dating in the dark, which was... It wasn't even like dark. So I imagine it was like dark, like when you get into your flat at night and you can kind of vaguely see. It was pitch black, like down a mine. And of course, <laughs> being a, it, was, it may actually have been in a mine. It was in Dance Le Noir in Clerkenwell, the place where you eat in the dark. Yeah. And uh, obviously being the natural thing you do, uh, uh, I'm aware that I was called a creep earlier, but the natural thing that you do is to put your hands out in front of yourself to see where you are. And they put me opposite the one with the biggest cleavage ever, clearly. I didn't know this. And I put my hand straight onto a cleavage, and it was screaming. But these, these, going to these dating events, it was an accident. And it, the, worst thing I said, the worst thing ever was that I said, it's OK, I'm a journalist. Like, that made it better. Can I just interject? But so I know he's answering how to get a date. <laughs> so if you're, looking for, if, you're looking for, if you're looking for stuff to write about, just go to dating events. If, you're looking, if you're, anyone's interested in doing a dating blog, dating, dating YouTube or whatever, go and road test all these dating events. They're just hilarious. I mean, if anyone is actually looking for an app that might work a bit better, my money at the moment is on Hinge, which has been really big in the States, because it, what it does is it, it kind of goes back to that blind date idea because it links you up with friends of friends. So there is, again, there's a bit of a... Like, a barrier because you so many friends. Yeah, you, that someone's not going to be a douchebag if they know you've got a mutual friend. That's why if you normally if you arrange a blind date it's quite, and it's a friend that's organised it for you, you're pretty much guaranteed that other person's going to turn up because they're not going to want to upset their, the friend that set you up. So by the same token, I think if you get chatting to someone on Hinge, they're not going to just leave you in the lurch, or they're less likely to leave you in the lurch and just be an idiot because they know you're just going to go straight back to your friend and be like, oh, that guy you, did, did this. You could do it themed as well. You could do it like one through a dating app, one through a dating site, one through friends, one through your female friends, one through your male friends, one set up by your mum or mum and dad. I've read a really interesting piece. <laughs> you know, it's terrible. But you're, you're doing it not necessarily to find love, but to find something funny to write about. And I read one, a great piece in one of the Sundays where this girl was trying to set up her mum and dad, uh, their, her mum who was divorced on a date and it was just really interesting how the gen generational differences are. How many more dates do you need so far this week? It's just this week? It's, it's just this week. So I have one for tomorrow night and then Saturday night is a big dating time because I've said, listen, this is my, this is a bit of a filler because I couldn't find one. Okay, so you don't need oh. any more dates? Sure, so that helps. Ish. As, would it help if we said to any single guys up for it that they, yeah? So at the end of the night... Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> to wear a hat at the wedding, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, has anyone else got any other questions? All right, um, I've got a bit of a, well, I've got a filler question, well, question and a bit of a sort of quick comment. Uh, you were talking earlier about the, what was it, uh, the whole idea of going Dutch in a date, and I've always found that to be like an absolute minefield. Uh, I've been on dates before in the past where I've met someone, got on pretty well with her, but even though she has sort of made a lot more than me, it's sort of been always been expected for me to pay the dates, and I've actually gone a bit sort of like slightly resentful about that. But on the flip side as well, I've also gone on dates as where I've big gone Dutch, and things haven't quite worked out. And sort of personally, I thought, you know, it's sort of been more about a chemistry thing, but when I've talked to like my social circle, it's been, what, well, you did, you know, you didn't go, you went Dutch, you didn't pay for the date, were you crazy, blah, blah, blah. And I actually kind of find it, quite interesting in the sense of that it feels like very much from my circle of friends in the London area, a lot of girls or a lot of women here are happy going Dutch. 
Um, and I can't happy go in Dutch, but I also have a lot of friends that are from America, especially like some places in Florida. And it's almost like in that sort of environment, you've got to keep on paying, you've got to keep on doing that for like a whole series of dates. And it's always trying to figure out that sort of line between, okay, you're, well not, you're a strong, independent woman, Charlie's Angels. You're an independent woman, but you know, and obviously you don't want to have that whole idea, but it's all the idea of like, it is still a date, and I am asking you to come out with me for somewhere, and if I do offer to pay for it, you offer to pay for it, does that mean I'm taking away sort of like your agency, or does that mean, you know, oh my God, you know, I'm taking away your agency, you're, I'm treating you as like a sex object, blah, 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 I'm expecting something out of this, but no, I actually wanna do something nice as well to you because I've asked you out on a date and I like you, and I've always found that as a bit of a minefield to try and figure out. Well, I think the fact that the pair of us are sitting up here and one of us is saying adamantly she wants to pay it to get to split it and I'm saying I would quite happily have the guy pay. I mean, that, that, it just shows you there is no right or wrong answer. I think that's the difficult thing and it's going to depend on, on the person you're taking uh, out. I've, 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 I was going to say, actually, I've, Andy, I've, I don't actually... Watch sure my answer. Yeah. Uh, absolute bomb... One, I hate going out for dinner anyway on a first or second date because it's so prohibitive and you feel like you're so overlooked and it's not very sexy anyway. There's all this kind of... It's the least romantic thing to do, actually, when you're getting to know somebody. My, my stance is you go out for a couple of drinks and therefore you don't have the whole pay in Dutch because you buy first drink and then maybe you buy a second drink and then if somebody's not buying drinks, you might be like, well, anyway, do you see what I mean? So you, you, you have that kind of incremental knowing that what you're signing up for. So where a round is, say, 20 quid, 20 to tenner, whatever it is, then at least you're not suddenly sitting opposite someone paying 80 pound, 90 pound dinner or whatever and then they actually go, well, I'm not paying. Do you see what I mean? So there's not that kind of thing. And then if a girl as you said, wants to pay or wants to pay, you know, she can get up to the bar herself or et cetera. I always feel like we've got this kind of very hooked on going out for dinner or going out on this kind of communal thing where there's a great mm. expense when you can go for coffee or go for just drinks and you can do it as you, in stages. I think I, I'm, I've got really strong views on this, which I suspect I'm probably in the minority about, which is that I think, I'm a, I'm a feminist and I think it, we're not ever going to have equality if women don't do basic work on making sure that things are equal from the get-go in terms of heterosexual relationships. And that come, that's through from going Dutch all the way through to living with somebody, living with a guy, and you splitting everything down the line in terms of housework, childcare, all those, all those kinds of things. We have very sexist double standards and gender roles, and I want to see that change, and that won't change if women, in my opinion, I'm sorry, um, carry on saying, yeah, yeah, thank you for the drinks, thank you for the dinner, and we allow ourselves to be unequal in this from the get-go. And additionally, men also need to challenge this. And I know how hard that is. I have friends from London who've moved to New York and say to me, oh my God, Zoe, I'm being expected to pay for everything. These are the guys. I'm being expected to pay for everything and I can't even have a discussion with a woman because as soon as I bring it up, she ditches me. She's not interested in a guy that won't pay, even if she's earning three times what my friends are earning. And it's so sexist and there's no discussion about it. And all I can hope is that we make incremental changes towards equality, that each of us tries to make an active decision in our daily lives to challenge these things. So if it's a guy on a date saying, hey, listen, you seem like a really modern woman. I'm assuming you're feminist. I'm assuming that you would be cool with us going Dutch on this. How do you feel about that? And if she's like, no fucking way, I'm not into that shit, then you know what sort of woman she is. And then you can make a decision based on that whether you want to continue things. And it might be you decide to continue things and maybe have a discussion with her later on. Or it might be that you say no. And women also have to take the responsibility and go, do I want to challenge this 1950s type of mentality? Do I want to be active in terms of my 
agency and have equality from the get-go. And we, ha yeah. we have to make those decisions. And they're not, I feel awkward on dates. I'm always like, oh God, I'm gonna have to bring it up and I don't wanna do this. And sometimes it would just be easy to go, yeah, thank mm. you, I'd love to have drinks, I'd love to have dinner, but I just can't, I can't do it, I can't. It's like, I'm allergic to it, I can't do it. I, I think there's, um, <laughs> there's a lot of things that need to change. And I think, yeah, absolutely, I'll second what Zoe said. I think um, it's very easy, the way this is all structured, the imbalance of power between men and women makes it very easy for men not to have to think about what they're doing. And mm -hmm. the very fact, yeah. I would suggest that you've asked this question, which is difficult thing to even articulate, yeah. suggests that you are doing the right thing, which is coming at this respectfully and trying to work out how to deal with it. Yeah. Um, that's what men need to start to do, is to actually engage their brain when they're dealing with this sort of um, these I decisions. Suppose, I suppose critically also, it's not just as Zoe was alluding to, I think, it's not just the financial aspects of it, it's also how you word it. Like, as a guy, I put my credit card down, and that's not a guarantee that I'm paying for all of it. That could be I'm paying for half of it. So what do you, what do I, I've never managed to crack this, what do I say to make it, that it's not offensive, where I can say, maybe you should pay something. I, well, I think she should reach for it. No, so, and then you just let her. I think, I think as a woman, you should always go as... I don't think you should ever go expecting that you're getting a free meal. The exception, I think, is if someone chooses a really... Like, I've been asked to the Ivy before by someone. Well, yeah, I made a yeah, big yeah. fuss, I'm going to take you to the Ivy. Well, if someone says, I'm going to take you there, that, to me, implies I'm paying for this. Likewise, if I did the same to a guy. Now, you see, I've been invited I, to an expensive restaurant that I knew I couldn't afford. Yeah. And when they invited me, I said... Just to let you know, I'm not going to be able to go yeah. halves on this. Yeah. And I've, I've approached that before Absolutely. we've even gone yeah, on the no, date. And if they've gone, well, listen, this is on me. I've gone, okay, but listen, I don't normally do this, but let's, I'm okay with this, you know, because you earn ten times the amount that but I do. I think if this you, is, sort, you have to broach money. You have to, but I think Brits especially, we don't mind talking about money, ever. But this is sort of general... This is human stuff. Like, yeah. you go out for dinner with anybody, and there's the bit where you reach the end of the dinner, and everybody gets their wallets out, and somebody goes, oh, no, 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 I've got it. And then you deal with that with some sort of grace, or you disagree, or whatever, and you come to an arrangement. As long as you keep, like... What's Sorry? That? Well, yeah, yeah, so you need to come into this knowing what you want and negotiate that. And you see, and that, that for me is where issues come up because if there's a sexual objective at the end, then we're kind of talking about a transaction. And we're going down a road there. That Which is fine, that but everybody knows. Well, we yeah, but it's not, I don't, I think we women should be questioning whether they're participating in that transaction. Absolutely. Women have been, it's sort of been drummed into, there are professionals out there saying that if a guy doesn't offer to pay, then ditch them, they're not worth it. And yeah. you've got millionaire matchmaker and women like her saying, you know, and it's vile because, you know, it's, it's, it's disgusting for guys. Um, when, you know, if a bill, you, bill comes, you say, oh, here's the bill, this will be so-and-so each, you know, and kind of make a stand for it. I think what, what women are actually being told now in the UK, um, pretty much anywhere, that if a guy goes halves, if he asks you to pay half of it, then that means he's not interested. Yeah. And that's what women are being told. Oh, and well, it's terrible. But I think terrible, that's how, that's how you would interpret it. Because I, and I think, think the flip side, if I'm saying I would adamantly pay half if I'm not interested because I want to make clear that, no, I'm fine, I don't owe you anything kind of thing, I think by the same token, if they don't offer to pay for it, you think, oh, they're obviously not that interested. They haven't, you know, they've seen me as a friend. You know, if you go to dinner and you split the bill, that's, I suppose that's what you do with your friends. So, Just I don't, don't go to like dinner. Like, you, you <laughs> that's true, isn't it? That's true. <laughs> 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 <
managed. <laughs> and one thing I would say, though, because we've touched on it too, about that whole idea of women earning more than men. And, and so I did some work with the Inner Circle, which is like a professional elite dating site, and they did a survey yeah. of their members. And it's the women that are the ones who are the ones causing the problem. It's the women who are saying, no, I want a man that earns more than me. You think that, like, you think that perhaps men would have an issue, um, and I can infer feel inferior or whatever. No, yeah. it's, it's, it's the women who are saying yeah. that the man must earn more than me, the, me, the man must pay for me. And it's, it's, it's actually women's ideas, perhaps more well, than men. That are... That's what Zoe well, was yeah. saying. We're all complicit in the same system. Yeah, and, and yeah, like, like, let's defeat patriarchy and the ideas of what masculinity is and femininity and get rid of gender roles, yeah. basically. The end. And then... And in the meanwhile, date happily. <laughs> I sound like such a fun date. I am a fun date. I go play board games. I don't go drinking or eating dinner. <laughs> We've got another question over here. What are we doing for time? A couple of minutes. We good? Yeah, a couple of minutes. Uh, hi. This, is, um, this question is for the gentleman there with the girlfriend. So, like me, yes. <laughs> that's you. <laughs> so after having been on all these dates and these events and whatnot... I can't really see you. Sorry, hello. Oh, that's all right. No worries. Hi. Um, so what made you decide to settle down with this woman in particular? What, what made it different from all the other girls that you were dating? Or women, I should say. Oh Sorry. Oh, God. Uh, what she made her audience? different? <laughs> uh, I don't know. She might be, actually. She says she's... No, she's not. No, yeah, no, she's not. Um, um, I... What made her different? Uh, uh, being without her was worse than... The idea of being without her was... The idea exactly, of not dating yeah. other women, I could give up, but I couldn't give her up, really. Although, yeah. No, it was like that. And also, I just, I just loved being around her. And she got me, and it was funny. And all the things that I thought were really, really important, like... Oh, that she's got to have... I didn't have... I wasn't one of these guys who had a tick list, but it, it was, oh, she's got to be this, this, and this, and our sex life has got to be this, this, and this, and we've got to do this, this, and this. I realised that actually I didn't really like all those things as much as I thought I did, and I just kind of liked being home. I had this whole, like, realisation in my late 20s that I didn't actually like going out drinking as much as I did. I would, I would say gut feeling. You know, it's really important when you're with someone. If you get that gut feeling, we say um, that head is... When you make decisions, your head is from your past experiences, and if you, from your kind of coming from your heart, like your comes from desperation of things that you want because you can't find it. So always kind of go with your intuition, your gut. You know, when you're with someone, and, and you know. Um, I think your tick list. Just talking very quickly. I, about I that. don't have a tick no, list. No, 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 like... no. Is in you don't have a tick list. Yeah, and yeah. I think that that's something that a lot of singles make a mistake on. That we all, the older we get, the more fixed we become on what we think actually we need, and. I would say nine times out of ten when I've spoken to people who have settled down and they're married with kids or whatever, so they're in long-term relationships, and the, you know, the amount of people who say, yeah, I thought I had this tick list, but this person's completely different, mm. which I think is one of, the, one of the reasons, if you are dating on sites and apps, don't be too restrictive. You know, if you think you know, well, there might be something there, just meet up in person, because you can never tell if you fancy someone until they're sitting in front of you or standing beside you. you know. Oh, yeah, no list. Some of the sexiest people I ever met were like 20 years older than me, and or completely different to the body type and shape, and I'm sure you'll agree, like, the people that you meet, it's crazy. And I never... I always found the worst dates I ever had were through dating sites and dating apps and things, and the best dates I've had were people I actually met previously, already and got... I'd met in the street, bars, supermarkets and things, people that I kind of a frisson with already. 
Because no one ever looks like they're two-dimensional picture, are they? And look, God, I mean, I met my ex-fiance who I was with for five years on OkCupid, okay and so that's an app that worked. And I think the matching on there is pretty good actually, because it's about your world view on things. So it's not just oh, I like horse riding or I like playing tennis. It's kind of how do you see the world? What are your politics? What what is your outlook? And those things get matched up. It's a very clever algorithm made by a bunch of geeks, mathematicians. If you, anyone's interested, um, <laughs> reading the data behind it is really fascinating, and um, it's really cleverly done, which is why I think I match so highly with all my friends who I'm connected with on there, because we share very similar worldviews. Um, so I think there is something to be said for apps. You know, don't, let's not discount them, but the, what you were saying about intuition, you can't get that until you are face-to-face -face with somebody. Yeah. And you, you can get an idea of what sort of person, what sort of worldview they might have by reading them on paper, but you have to meet, sit face-to-face -to, -face to them and kind of just gauge what yeah. vibe you're getting from them. I think that's so important. Are we, are we... We've got a hand the back. I don't know, I don't know, just checking. Just, no, I was just checking. Are we all right for time? Yeah. Um, so we've been talking about all the rules and dating and stuff like that, and one thing that didn't come up is sex on first date or sex on third date, or are there any rules anymore? <laughs> if I sleep with someone on first date, am I slutty and easy? <laughs> or if I don't sleep with them, am I looking for something, you know, it gives a message that I'm looking for something serious. Are there any rules anymore? What do you think? I, I wrote a book about that, and it's, yeah. <laughs> not, it's just not from personal experience necessarily, but just from, that's the biggest questions I've always had. <laughs> Funny, <clears throat> obviously from women, not guys, because they tend to give two hoots. Um, but I always say that if you're gonna sleep with someone on the first day, just be, enjoy it for what it is and be present and enjoy it. If you're sitting there thinking, I'm gonna have sex with him, and then tomorrow we're gonna to have a nice breakfast, and then we're gonna meet up next week, and then we're going to, next year we're gonna get married, and, then, and you've kind of got this whole agenda, that's where the problem comes in for the guys. Because guys often th will then think, well, hang on, I've had sex with her. They will go out on a date with women they've had sex with on a first date. It's not about that. It's about how you deal with it afterwards. It's about, well, if you, know, if you become sort of then stalkerish, and then it's, well, actually, you had sex with me, and now you owe me. I think that sort of comes across to a lot of people that, that they kind of get scared off. But they're very happy, guys that are happy to date someone they've had sex with on the first date. It just depends what your attitude is around it. I've written two books about my own sex life, so embarrassingly, and um, I mean, I've had a lot of casual sex, okay? Like, there's no, there's, no, um, there's no secrecy here. And I totally think people should have sex whenever they want, mm -hmm. as long as both people, or three people, or four, whoever's mm -hmm. into it, is doing it safely, with full consent, and enthusiastically. And yeah. the latter is really important, because you've got to both be into it for the same reasons. And I think people being honest and upfront is also really important in that. However, I now, some years on from writing those books, and I think that if you really want something more than one night, like you want a guarantee, it's not about the other person's opinion of you that is what's important. It's about your expectations being dashed, perhaps. Mm. And having sex with someone really quickly can possibly raise your expectations more than what the relationship can turn out to be. And also getting to know somebody, wasn't you saying that, you know, getting to know someone over five, ten, no, that was it, over five or ten times, you get to know what sort of person they are, and you might fall in love with them as a, as a friend, or you might fall in love with them romantically, and perhaps waiting a little bit before you jump into bed with them will give you more of an idea about whether you want to end up in a relationship with them or not. 
you can't make that judgment on a, on a first date. I think it's really, really hard. Even if your first date is 24 hours long, it's really hard to make that a sort of long-term relationship judgment. But then saying that, there will always be those that shag within an hour of meeting each other and end up 25 years later. Mm -hmm. So there's no rule except to say that if someone is going to judge you for sleeping with them, they are not a good person to be with. Yeah, absolutely. The, um, the worldwide average, apparently, is to sleep with someone between your third and fourth dates. That was, that was from the same timeout survey we ran globally. Somewhere between the third and fourth, but that was kind of on average across, and, and that was pretty much spot on. Most Brits say that that would be the first time they sleep. So most most Brits say that's when they do. When well, they it, was, it was do straight and gay yeah. survey, yeah. so I don't know, it would have evened out. But one thing I would definitely say though is if you and I think this is something that girls get wrong quite often if you're not planning on sleeping with a guy if you're, if you're straight if you're not planning on sleeping with a guy don't share a bed with him because I think that that's a really mixed message um, from the single guys I know they think that being invited into someone's bed or having a girl come home with them that's her coyly saying I want to sleep with you and that they should try and have sex with you where I think some girls think oh no it's like building a level of intimacy before we have sex no, I mean, no, 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 no. Um, no one, male, female, or whatever, has any right or, or, or to expect anything. Uh, consent. Everyone, right? No, 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 no I'm not saying expectation, but I'm just saying... Don't put yourself in that situation if you are going to want... But I don't think men should put themselves in that situation either. Yeah. I mean, I've been in that situation where a girl's been like, well, let's share a bed together. This is before I would be on current partner. And, um, and nothing happened. And it, 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 was, it is quite a strange situation to be in, because I'm totally on board with the... Uh, it is, uh, I don't think I believe that women should be able to say no at any point. And I think most blokes... Anybody, anybody should be able think, to say no. Anyone, anyone can yeah. say no at any point. But equally, we have this whole kind of... The whole way men are socialised from an early age, or, or, or the whole kind of... Whether you're watching soaps, films magazines, whatever it is, it's all kind of, oh, we slept together. So that whole kind of, if you invite somebody in for coffee or whatever, yeah. all of our language, we never say, let's go back and have sex. We have these all kind of, these kind of weird phrases which mean having sex, but also actually mean something else. So like, oh, let's go back and sleep together. It's, it's so this kind of, if you're sharing a bed, is it, should we be having sex? It, should I make a move here? It's quite a so weird thing to navigate Should you have through. a conversation with somebody and say, <laughs> but it is, but it are is. we going to have sex? Idea. Shall we get some condoms? You know, you're if you want to live, whatever. Right. I mean, it's like these conversations should happen. But like, this, we're adults. Why don't we have these conversations? But this is the whole point. This is what I'm saying. We should have these conversations. But the whole way we're socialised is, oh, he came back to mind. Well, like, everyone knows what that means. But equally, in actual factual language, he came back to mind. What he did, And he did what? Like, did you watch an episode of what did you do? Do you see what I mean? You know, we slept together. Or did you have a nice sleep? Did you have nice dreams? It doesn't actually mean what it doesn't actually mean what it says on the tin. Well, and even so now we're Netflix totally, and chill. Of course, watching yeah. friends could so be. So I can go around someone's house and watch Netflix and I'm like, we're we supposed to be having sex here. So it's kind of like, <laughs> are we chilled out enough now to have sex? Is it quite and so we have this whole language which is ludicrous, which then prevents you from actually thinking reasonable thing you know it is I, it is don't, don't I just do things really differently I don't, I'm just really interested what the audience wants like if I really really like somebody I will maybe you know and I think oh my god I really fancy him and I'm really nervous about it but I will kind of get beyond my nervousness and go I really like you can I kiss you and if they go yes then uh, then we're, I'm in there and then you know maybe things will progress and I'll ask them further along whether they'd like things to progress and then things will progress but I always like want to make that happen yeah. I want to make sure we're both into this now whatever I'm not going to sit on the couch for three hours thinking oh, is it going to happen is it not what shall I do you know it's like god I don't no. think I don't think I don't think most people are that forward I, don't, I is think, that, I think am, I, am I just am I, well and I think a lot of women have been told am I, am I weird like put your hand up if you think okay put your hand up if you think I'm slightly different to people. <laughs> 
Okay, there's a few hands. All right. What? I think people should we, we not? Think, should we not have I think no, a lot of I think people like the idea of being like that. I'm not to be really yeah. aggressive, but no, I'm but not. No, but what you're saying like makes perfect honest. sense. But I think in reality, a lot of us, you know, that's the whole reason people want rules and want to think, oh, what should I be doing? Because we want to be told what to do. We don't want to have the balls to say, I really fancy you. I've had guys saying that too. You're like, I really like you. Can I kiss you now? And I'm like, yes. But like, not everyone does that. Not a lot of women that. have said to me, oh, God, I hate it when a guy asks you if I can kiss him. I wish they'd just go for it. You know, so there, there are mixed messages going on there. But it'd be fantastic if people do actually communicate more rather than it being, you know, and it's not about saying, you know, I'd really like, you know, it also depends on how that, that sense. Like if someone's saying, kiss you and it feels a bit creepy then it's yeah you know you probably don't want someone to kiss you but someone's like I really like you can I kiss you you know then it's much more confident so it's just also hopefully uh, you've gauged the chemistry up to that point and you've yeah, read, think you've so, read so, their body language yeah. and but people uh, don't necessarily that's true <laughs> That's their issue, though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's already been said. I mean, yeah. a couple of the panelists you meant you referred to that a moment ago as having balls to have that thing. So this thing is really heavily yeah, gendered. No, so that women who are, um, and, and Zoe, you referred to yourself as being aggressive in the same context. It's sort of yeah, women I see, who. Yeah, I don't see myself as aggressive, but I can understand yeah. or appreciate that people might interpret me as that. And, and sorry to interrupt you, but no. you said something about being confident. I'm not confident at all. I'm just really good at channeling my fear into looking like I am. Does that make sense? So I'm, I'm nervous talking on stage, but I come across as feeling really relaxed. It's the same one I'm with a guy I really like. I'm shit scared, but I project it into, hey, I really like you, would you like to kiss me? You know. yeah. Sorry, please carry on, Jamie. No, no, that was it, really. I mean, it's just that we've been skirting around this issue for, and that last question was really, really interesting. Like, what, what's the rule? When are you meant to sleep with a person? Can you share a bed with a person without having sex with them? Of course you can. Of course you should be able to. And yes, of course it's difficult because of these entrenched norms that we have that in which we're socialized that we replicate without thinking about it the way you counteract that is by thinking about it is by coming to events like this and engaging in frank conversation and saying hey this is hard what do i do and the solution which we've come back to again and again is open your mouth and say stuff ask um, be clear about what you want. Um, I've always been a kind of fuck on a first date kind of guy, but that's like that's me. If, <laughs> if, um, just so you know, gentlemen. Um, but if, you, um, if, uh, if your kink is being wined and dined ten times before you put out, awesome, go for that. But probably you should signal that before you get into that situation. If you don't want sex at all from a relationship, which is also completely fine, then again, possibly something you need to be clear about. I think as long as people get used to talking, and it's hard, yes, it's really hard, but that's not an excuse not to do it, because the alternative is doing non-consensual things, which is bad. Mm. We speak. We're humans. We can speak to each other. So let's do that. <laughs> I always say the most important kind of sex is oral sex, and that's this type that you listen to, not the other sort. <laughs> we need to listen and talk and communicate, and that's, that's the best thing. That's, that could be also be really hot, but it's, yeah. that's the most important thing in terms of dating and relationships and sex. 
Seems like a nice message to end on, I think. Is, is that, yeah? <laughs> we defer to him. Um, thank you, everyone, so much for coming tonight. And thank you, panelists. And if you do want a date with that girl in the back. <laughs> oh, he's there. She's going for it. He's there. It's confidence. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute.